Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of Hacked History, the podcast where we put episodes when we feel like it. Ha! <laughs> uh, just kidding, we, uh, we do our best, but uh, as you all know, life happens. So uh, Jake and I sometimes cannot put out episodes when we very much intend to do, but we're coming back. Uh, and uh, the suppressed topic for this episode is Labat to the Atomies, otherwise known as Lobotomies. Uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, just in case you forgot, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Podcast Addict, wherever the fuck you want to find podcasts, chances are we are there. Um, so you can do that. You can find us on social media at Facebook, uh, what are, or I guess Meta, soon to be Meta maybe? It, but, yeah, <laughs> Meta maybe now. Uh, but uh, th- that, thing, that thing, you can find us on that. Um, you can also find us on the other Meta company, Instagram. <laughs> Um, and if you want to just keep off those companies, you can send our e- email inquiries to um, hackstrist101 at gmail.com. Um, as always, my name is Lucas, and my friend over here, his name is Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's still Jake, right? It's still Jake. It's, only, it's been a little bit, but not that long, right? <laughs> it's not changed. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, anyway, so we're going to get into lobotomies. Um, if you have any questions about it, uh, send Jake an email. That's right. No, so let's a, get into it. Jake, this is a difficult topic. We so tried to record this once. Um, and, and we had an audio fuck up somewhere in between. Well, it was between laptops of mine. Lost the audio file. And uh, we, yeah, the audio files got corrupted. So we're going to give this one a shot. And uh, just so you all know, we're going to be doing medical topics uh, from here on out until we say no. So. Yeah. Okay. So, lobotomies, without further ado. Yeah, without further ado. And because this is such a difficult topic, I'm going to do this entirely in the voice of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Lobotomy, sir. The <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Would you like a nice little spike through your head, little Johnny? <laughs> it sounds like you've got yourself quite a serious mental illness. Looks like it's the jolliest time of year. But Santa, what are all these ice pills? No, sit down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> but Santa, all we've made this Christmas for ice pits. I'm, I'm starting to get into science that has no realism. <laughs> Sit uh, on, I'm gonna try this on a grapefruit. Well, so, so you believe in Q now, is what you're saying? No. Santa, Santa believes in Q. Oh my god, it's all going deeper. <laughs> His favorite They're number. They're not waiting for JFK. In That's Dallas. why Santa's favorite number is 17. Sitting in Dallas now, waiting for him. You know, you know, you know what? Actually, Santa's actually in a gay relationship with JFK Jr. <laughs> There's no Mrs. Claus, it's just JFK Jr. It's JFK Jr. But he's like, he's like Kaiser So saying JFK Jr. where he's wearing a wig, but it's like really convincing. It's like that episode of Star Trek where the Jennifer Lopez thing. Oh my god, it's Steve McLeod! Well, it looks like you finally caught me. Jumps off a fucking bridge. My god. I think we're going two directions here. I think you're saying Santa is JFK Jr. I'm saying Santa was in a gay relationship with JFK Jr. No, I'm saying JFK Jr. is technically Jennifer Lopez. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, despite all that bullshit, that's clearly untrue. Uh, you can hate us if you want, QAnon followers, but you're all out of your goddamn minds. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, you're all are armed, but, you know. And their guns, and their cues. <laughs> okay, we're not going to I'm not going down the cranberries route. So, um, the way that we're going to do lobotomies is going to be pretty fast. I'd say the majority... Just like the procedure itself, it's going to be very fast and very hardcore. Very loose, yeah. <laughs> Um, what you may not be able to think after this yeah. episode. I was able to, I, I would say, I'll admit here, I did use Wikipedia as the main source because it just neatly kind of squared all the information up. And then I obviously... Oh, you son of a bitch. ...made <laughs> sure, get off my dick, Dad, that um, I was able to use 
everything that was sort of citationed and made sure it checked out, which it did. So, oh, that's fine, but you're still getting a zero for this project. I don't give a hot fuck. Get off my ass. <laughs> zero out of 25, sir. I will tell you this much. There are times when I needed that, and it was like, fuck yeah, I'll use this peer-reviewed study because that doesn't make any difference. Like, it's all the same shit. <laughs> I mean, they're like, the no, you part. gotta read the book! And it's like, no, fuck you, I don't have to. Anyway. So, we're gonna open up in the opening of the 20th century. Gonna open up with the sound of motor cars. No. Then <laughs> and, and science. Ooh, they've invented the light bulb. Ooh, light bulbs. We're getting yeah. there. We're starting into the golden age, just before two world wars and Let's a fucking go. Edison. Let's go, Edison. Like where he's just like, oh no, we're gonna all start talking about how he killed an elephant with electrical shock to prove he was the ACDC baby. Rock and roll. <laughs> so um, I'm bringing black. So so anyway, <laughs> Angus Young's corpse just comes clawing through the window. I'm not facing this now. Why is he dressed like a schoolboy? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, just, uh, some things are going on down in hell. <laughs> Things are, what we call it, hell's bells. Saddam Hussein and him are just having a typical Friday night. <laughs> See, he's the guy who would want to go to hell. Saddam was like, I won't go to hell because my just cause is just. They didn't tell Saddam his 70 versions were all just Angus Young. I don't think that was him. I think his, his idea wasn't 72 versions. That's, that's more Al-Qaeda, but. See, but. Fuck those guys. <laughs> um, But but still, the, uh, you ruined the joke. But okay, we're going to. God damn it. <laughs> yes, Lucas, we all know your point of view. Brown people are terrorists. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not my point of view. There are many, many wonderful brown people out there. Probably brown people. The majority people. of the brown people. That's uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to flip out of you. I think many brown people are probably better than white people. So, oh, you know? absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it surprises me that most brown people haven't fucking killed white, more white people because the white people have it coming. But we call that one a reverse ge- racial genocide. That's what we call That's what we call getting Eve. <laughs> This is now their land. <laughs> and they're going for it. And they're bombs. <laughs> wow, we have not started at all. <laughs> Just like a lobotomy, it's taking a little bit of time, but it gets in that yeah, sweet, so, sweet skull. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, on top of all the technological wonders that were starting to come around at this point in time, which, again, there are a few. You've got the car, the airplane. You've got the fucking light bulb. I mean, all sorts of wonderful things. You're starting to also see... That medicine is also starting to get really weird with it in terms of, like, different ways of treating certain things. Well, and if we think about what we've already covered as far as medical topics, it's been a hot minute, but we talked about things like Yeah, if you want to go back and, and listen to those episodes. Have yeah. we covered medical heroin? Because if we haven't, we, we should. We did, actually. We talked about okay, laudanum. Okay. When we talk about laudanum and things like that, you're talking, like, 18... 90s to technically medical heroin was still in use up until i think like the 1940s basically until they made it a pill which is essentially what opioids are yeah. today and that's a whole nother topic i think that's probably worth an episode from us at some point but not right now oh so. yeah i mean to be honest it's, it would have been a two-parter for sure but yeah that would be like we're talking about getting away from stupid shit you know like a bleeding patients who are already bleeding um yeah yeah, the idea of the humerus is no longer an existing idea. You know, the idea of, like, barber surgeons is also going out in the 1890s. The bone slicer! The bone slicer! No, like, oh, God, fucking the, whatever that fucking device was that you would put on your arm and just start fucking slashing you like a torture device, that's bad. So, we're but we're starting to get away from that into newer fields of thinking. Like, this is all kind of coinciding with, like, Freud 
and all of these different like schools of thought when it comes to the brain and how the brain works. It's the reform area, except for things didn't necessarily get quite better. Either. Not really. No, we got a rocky patch ahead of us here. So what was going on? So just just an idea. Yeah. So um, what uh, what would lead these people just in the beginning to start doing some of these procedures with the brain? What was what were they trying to solve? When they made well, these innovations. that's a good question, and actually, you really helps us to transition through what sort of setting us up here, is that mental health and mental health facilities at this point in time are not great. Oh, they're fucking awful. They are terrible. If By you the ever way, wanted to know, like, just do a quick Google search on the internet. They of, didn't like, get what, good until like the seventies. Not even then; it was bad. Yeah, it's still pretty like, bad. Whenever you do that sort of shit, just like Google old insane asylums, old mental hospitals. The one good thing Geraldo Rivera ever did was he went to that one uh, Willowbrook. Willowbrook, yeah. yeah. If you want, all supposed we're all made to watch it when we're trained to become anything. If you ever want to be really sad and just understand how fucked up mental health care was. Go ahead and take a look at that. Yeah. It's a good way to be sad for a while, but a good way to learn some things. So Be justifiably angry about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the things that was going on that kind of led up to Willowbrook, especially because it only really became public conscious by the 70s and like the mid-1900s, was the fact that you had a lot of these places and states, these state hospitals, state poor farms, state mental institutions, where there was just a skyrocketing number of patients. And I'm not talking like a patient that would go in be there for a few days because they'd had a mental breakdown and then head home, which even then was kind of weird because they'd probably be a repeat like patient coming in and out. Well, and we should clarify that uh, gender politics and roles do Ooh, play yeah. a massive impact here. Yeah, especially in the little Because body. there is people yeah. that didn't like what their wives were doing and basically tried to... Wife has an they, opinion. We'll send them to the mental they, hospital because like they, they have some sort of chronic condition of how they can't shut up and just make food. Yeah, pretty and much. So then, that all, like, that's kind of where it really makes the lobotomy such a heinous fucking thing is the way that it's used for ends like that. And we'll get into that, of course. But and the other part of it, too, yeah. just to, before Yeah, no, no, go ahead. And is the other thing is, uh, at this point in time, if you have a kid and you think he's even slightly slow, boom, oh, yeah, no, to, you the, would just to, the mental, to the mental yeah. institution. At because the, yeah. you don't even want to waste your time raising someone you think is... Mentally defective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, I mean, like when you're saying, well, that's not as bad as you know, like just leaving the kid is like a feral child. In the but you don't understand. It doesn't the, really work. But also, that's you don't even understand the conditions of these places to the point where, like, sometimes people might have had a better shot had they just been left to their own devices out in the middle of the well, city. So let's put it in the perspective when we're talking about an institution like this. A lot of institutions, I will give the benefit of the doubt, is this: when they built these, their intentions were good. Yes. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, number one, it wasn't like understaffing, just a chronic problem Absolutely. in all these cases. Because as it is even now with like special education, right? We all, I always hear this whenever I'm working in a school, is we don't have enough people because working with students that are either behavioral disorders, special education, intellectually disabled, physically disabled, takes so much energy, it burns people well, out. And you need, you need the, the time to be able to specialize with each student. And it's not hard. feel yeah, rushed to, to go to the next report. one because, yeah, you, you're not going to do any good with them if you can't, like, have the student feel comfortable and you feel comfortable because you need to be able to focus. Yeah. Um, much like anything, really, by the way. Like, that's just a lot of times you need the time to think and be able to do things, and you can't do that if you're constantly being thrown in, like, 70 different directions. Well, so. exactly. Like, you – so I kind of made a note here just to kind of make an idea, and this is from the quote – this is from the study of, quote, the mentally ill in America in 1937 – which is around the time that the lobotomy was coming out, was that just in 1937, the total number of patients, which is around 400,000, lived in approximately 477 American psychiatric institutions permanently or semi-permanently. 
Now, when we're thinking about that, that seems kind of weird to visualize, but put it in the concept like this. It's a local... If you're talking cities, they may be bigger, they may be better funded, but if you're talking like a small town like where we live or anywhere in like Midwestern America that had a mental institution, it was in the middle of nowhere or it was a poor farm that didn't get any funding. And you were having quite a lot of people well, for a very some range of, these, of reasons. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't some of these like uh, church funded? So you have like some nun, of them nuns were, yeah. and stuff like that trying yeah. to like... Quaker specifically I think was one of that's them. That's interesting because you're not even coming at it from a scientific perspective then. A lot of ways then you're coming at it from a religious perspective. So yeah. some people are having like a seizure or something like that. You're, you're having the pe- devil! Yeah, you're having people trying to perform fucking, uh, you know, exorcisms and shit. Oh, and God. that's, yeah, it's again, like that's going to lead to a lot of mistreatment and a lot of things not necessarily You know, there going. was a fun story I should probably say. It's going to be real quick here, but when I was in middle school um a we were talking to a person who was from like oh god i can't remember it was texas i think she was an evangelical from texas who was an ea working for the middle school i was at and she was like wait where i come from and she's got that really really quiet oh, sort of like texas style of like it's kind of endearing but it's also like kind of deeply passive wait where i come from yeah yeah so what she basically said was like this you know what it is and it's almost like sheldon's mom from that tv show young sheldon yeah not even just the regular sheldon just regular sh- okay so yeah. I, I will we'll exercise that demon right out of you be able to talk to all the nice people you want and i'm like that's i'm like I'm in, like, 11th grade. I'm like, lady, that's not how this works. 11th grade. That's not middle school. Well, I'm sorry. And, like, let's, grade. let's be clear, too. We're not trying to demonize these people because in a lot of ways that's how they viewed their world was that, like, yeah, listen. It, you could, I can't we, say that person was bad, but it's definitely well, narrow. It, it's obviously, it's coming at it from the wrong perspective, but these people see like, their whole world. It's like, there's literally, this is the only explanation for it, so we're going to just root it out and this will work because they really truly believed in it. Lots of these people. Some people didn't actually do it for the best of reasons, but most people who did these things yeah. believed it was actually helping. Yeah. And so, so to kind of bring us back around to, like, the idea of, like, when you ask, like, what are these conditions, most of what the lobotomy is stemmed from is this overcrowding problem. So, like, when I said 400,000 in approximately those 477 psychiatric institutions, regardless of what they are, which could be big, it could be small. Right? Even if you broke that shit up just evenly doing some hypothetical math, you're talking a thousand patients per institution. Yeah, so they're looking for quick fixes, right? It's they they yeah. want to get people out of those institutions to, you know, decrease the burden. So yeah. how how can they do that? Well, you know, lobotomy is a potential way to do that. Exactly, right? And so even up to that point, they were starting to look for something because again, overstaffing was or understaffing was a problem. Overcrowding was a huge issue. And even if you had people that were like I really want to go in and help. Sooner or later, just the amount of pressure and work would break a good person down to where they literally could not. Well, they get broken down by the without system without being callous because it's like I yeah. can't save everybody. They get broken by the system and then they become a part of the system they're trying to fix. Yeah, you see it again and again with people who have good intentions going trying to fix broken systems. Mm-hmm. That's why broken systems are so hard to fucking fix because by by extent of the problem, the issue is so bad that it fucks up on people who are trying oh, yeah. to fix it. And constantly, the, the whatever you're trying to fix is working against you because it's That's why reform is so difficult. Yeah, I know. You hear that? Liberal dip? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No, no. I do believe in reform, but I also am a kind of... Res- like, I respect the understanding. It's not that easy. It takes a special kind of person to really make that change. Oh, yeah. So, it's part of the idea, too. Something that's not helping... With, thank you for the fuck showing me the leaf ring. He's got this leaf ring on his finger right now. It's my made out of plastic. Ring. It's got my panky ring. 
He's just like, this is what they're going to be giving the footballers next year. He <laughs> <laughs> just ran out of money. <laughs> we the, it's the, it's the it's Super Bowl a, ring. It's a plastic ring that we <laughs> found off a of Fucking cupcake. plastic pinky ring. Yeah. So um, one of the things, too, that was really hurting the idea of any sort of real reform at this point was that in mental health and mental, what was called psychiatric, or it was psychiatry, rather, was this a lot of people believed in something called therapeutic nihilism. In a nutshell, because there's a lot of details that lead up to that and how people get there, we're not going to do that. That's boring. You want to do that? Do that. Now, even for me, who would literally had read the entirety reports from the CIA about Bay of Pigs, that shit's boring. Red Beach and Blue Beach and yeah, Green the Beach. Details at least gave me a picture, but yeah, like this is just like. And so in 1835, in Gavorio, 1835, Gavor- the Athenians came back. Oh, <laughs> Shout out History Channel. <laughs> you're just becoming fucking like Zach Bagans for a minute. In 1835, I didn't believe in ghosts till I came face. I to never face believed with. in ghosts until I came face to face with Shout out Zach Bagans. Anyway, anyway, so um, what therapeutic nihilism basically said was that it was medically and scientifically impossible to cure a patient with mental illness, which is kind of not incorrect. In certain ways, if you're looking at it like that, but it's definitely a little too generalized. So, and kind of the way that they even sort of generalized it too was like they kind of said therapeutic nihilism is sort of like a gentle medicine. Hands off. Don't touch them. Just let them be. Let them roam. <laughs> and that also was an <laughs> just, issue. They're not trying to off that objectively shit. not trying to treat them is kind of, a, you know what that's, you know what that is, Jake? That's a symptom of, okay, we can't possibly treat all these people. So what's a what? good like theory we can come up with to make ourselves what's feel better point? at night? Oh yeah. We can justify our reasoning by saying, fuck it. There's nothing we can do. Anyway. That's exactly what it is in a way. It's not necessarily nefarious either, but it's just human nature to try to justify your actions in some way or another. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. like it's. And, and yeah, I mean, but it's also was very popular amongst people because I mean, humans inherently are lazy. I hate. I mean, I hate to say that, but we are. We are a lazy species of people. We we. That's why we automate a lot of things. But the fact is, of course, when you're looking at it like that, you know, you are already combining that idea of don't do anything with just like take them from society, throw them in a hospital where we can forget about them. It's like their version of yeah. don't ask, don't tell. Pretty much. Like <laughs> literally, that is actually a really good way of looking at. It. This is literally a don't ask, don't tell. We don't care. Like sort of thing when it comes to mental illness except you can't just let it sit there because these people would just go in there and spend every waking hour here in these institutions where these people were basically just sort of left to their vices well and yeah and then you yeah. have a bunch of unsequel shit happening you have like sexual assault oh god murder and you a bunch know, of other like, yeah, un- untoward to, bullshit going yeah, on just to put it in context you and there was really no like background checks at this point either so like when we're talking about like men even now but, like, mental institutions back then was just like, you want to get paid? Fucking get over here. Yeah. And then that guy is sitting there literally molesting patients until well, he and not even just, gets arrested or Not dies. even just the, like, it's patients on patients, too. Oh, God, yeah. Because, because well, yeah. So, it's just a good example. Like, there was a poor farm here in Wisconsin where I had done some research for a paper. And it talked about how, like, there was a sort of a, a graphics list of graphics list well there was a list and a graphic i remember it was made with windows 95 windows vista no (laughs) the fucking windows vista in 1893 what the fuck is this why doesn't it work just screaming at a computer (laughs) demon just throws it out the window but no like some of like the list ups were like you had kids that were like runaways kids who had suicidal tendencies kids with bipolar like regular things that were like back if you've ever worked with children with mental illness or seen a child with mental illness, it's really pronounced, but their way of lashing out with it is very odd. 
Or like autism. You know, autism spectrum's been there forever. And um, those same kids would get rolled together with like latent pedophiles. Yeah. In the same building. Because they there's were just no... Left, and people didn't care. And I, it's like, that's like I said, it's such a callous nature of things. But it's like, there's still, like there are some people, especially within like the, the psychosurgery field, which we'll talk about, who are like, oh, fuck, we're running out of space and the numbers keep increasing. We need to figure something out. So we're kind of setting the stage for the problem. I yeah. Mean, are we uh, transitioning to solutions well, now? Yeah, here, and that's a good thing, right? It's like, so we're dealing with that problem. And a bunch of people come up with what are called heroic <laughs> physical therapies. I put heroic in, qu- in quotation marks because this... Heroic is in heroin? No, <laughs> I have listed a few, actually. Oh, God. So okay. one of them was malaria therapy for... It was just called malarial therapy for general, general paresis of the insane. That came around in 1917, where you literally would infect a patient with malaria in order to induce a fever that would be controlled and subsequently reduce the effects of an illness So like basically, syphilis. these people would be too sick to be mentally ill. Pretty much. That's I the idea. I think they were going under the assumption, if we burn sections of their brain, they won't be stupid. And it's like, no! You can't induce a fever and boil them from the inside and that's going to fix Yeah, you turn them into a vegetable, jackass. Way to go. Like, I'll tell you what, they can't get up to do their mental illness anymore, so it clearly isn't there. Fun fact. <laughs> what the fuck? Fun fact, 15% of the patients that did this succumbed to the malaria and died. Well, yeah, you're giving them a deadly disease. You're fucking giving them a deadly disease. I'm surprised. There had to have been malarial infections that spread because of this to unintended people. Oh, yeah. Like, this was like them just literally taking shit, throwing it at the wall and seeing what's To be fair, they didn't really have much of a knowledge of germ factors here, but they kind of did, but they kind of didn't. But here's the weird thing with 1917. Like, you did have some knowledge. Some knowledge. Like, even Well, clearly, 1917 is when the fucking flu was spreading. Why didn't you have another pandemic? before the Spanish flu. And on top of which, you literally have... I hate to say this, even though, like, I'm sure there was some racial issues. You do have a lot of Western doctors that could look back to, like, Arabic thing... Or Arabic things. Arabic texts that were talking about, like... Virology, like in like in Turkey. Oh, they, didn't, like they didn't. They didn't read the Arabic. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Even though they should have, but they didn't. Into English and was part of the thing. They were like, "Oh, fucking, I know better than that." Like, no, you don't, Captain. Re- like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't <laughs> use the R word in this episode of a special. I know. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm I mad know, because it's like this is what would happen to people like me. Like, even though, like, I'm like back when I was a kid, I had like serious like autism spectrum. Things that I got under control. At this point in time, I would have been in one of those places. Well, yeah, like, it's sad. Like, I mean, like I mean, I have, I have a visual disability. Who knows what happened to me? That's I probably wouldn't have had a lot, but this would not have been what would have happened. You would have probably just been blind, and that would yeah, also fucking. I probably sucked. would not have been nearly as educated as I am right now. Oh, absolutely not. No. Okay, so the next thing that comes around is about three years later is something called deep sleep therapy, which sounds fucking scary. What is this, like, fucking... <laughs> seems like some fucking Leonardo DiCaprio dream-hopping bullshit. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, what's really weird about it was that they were, use of, they were using drugs to induce a narcosis in patients with chronic anxiety or schizophrenia as oh a means God. of reducing the effect <laughs> of mental illness, which I just want to put this out right now. That's not treating it. That's just fucking knocking them out and keeping them quiet. <laughs> just imagine fucking Mike Tyson. I'm here to give you therapy. Just fucking just starts beating him in a bed. It's like, all right, he's done now. And he's like, yeah, he's going to wake up and still be schizophrenic. You didn't change it. You just shut it down for a while. <laughs> literally just put him to bed. It's literally the equivalent of that fucking uh, meme video on YouTube of like, the lady who's like, you want to get your kids to calm down and it's chloroform. And she puts a rag over its face. And you know who would be great yeah. at this type of therapy? 
Bill Cosby would be fucking Bill amazing Cosby. at this. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's the sock to sink that don't you take the drug, you go to bed. And that's literally <laughs> all that they remember. And I was just like, why does my butthole hurt? <laughs> we don't know what happened. We didn't watch Billy. We just saw him put the pill in there. Yeah, and we, we left. just walked away and we decided to go drink on the job. We just thought he was giving him pudding pots. Actually, you know what's the really, really shitty thing about this treatment? Was it started in the 1920s. The treatment was known. And it gone up until like the 60s and 70s, even the 80s. Where they were just no, like they would just create the fact a that it lasted that long. But they would create a cocktail of drugs and just give it to people. And one of the things that happened was that in uh, South, New South Wales and Australia, there was this place called called the Kemsford Private Hospital, where twenty five count twenty five of their patients died because of this treatment. If we've learned anything, privatizing things is a great idea. Just That's ask fantastic. the prison industry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, like, on top of that, you know, you have, like, insulin shock therapy, which came around in 1933. You had patients who were repeatedly oh, injected with massive doses of insulin in order to produce daily comas, because that's a good idea. Again, you're just making them not be able to do anything and calling that fucking successful. Uh, uh, he's in a coma, so clearly he's not mentally ill anymore. Well, it's like, I think the idea was, like, the, the point of, like, putting a brain through, like, almost a traumatic, in, like, sort of episode as a means of, like, trying to shake it out. Which is like, I could do that too. I could shake the fuck out of a kid. That would not solve its problem. I tell you what, I honestly don't really... I don't completely buy into them believing that this was helping their patients. I think some people really just wanted to make it less hard to do their job. And they're like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Yeah, pretty much. Like, what better way of doing it where you could literally just go about your day with, like, oh, the patient's still sleeping. Well, because these, like, these people really were viewed as lesser than. Like, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you're still dealing with, like, the idea of, like... Oh, well, there's something wrong with you. Not that it's an innate yeah. problem that you can't help, such as a learning disability that you're born with. Like, no, it's, this is yeah. this is something wrong with you. Not something that we can like help you get through or like, we can fix this. There's something wrong with you is the way they looked at this. And Basically, yeah. that's Fucking that, sickening and it pisses me off. Well, that's what I said. That's where it kind of stopped. It was like, anybody who, you know anybody with a disability, it's like... That kind of person, basically, their mentality was, oh, you've got, like, an extra chromosome, you got Down syndrome... You're defective. That's kind of like that's the worst thing I've heard. I've heard I did hear certain teachers when I was a kid say, "There's some people oh, well, that your still... genes are defective." It's like they're not defective. He's got you're no just fucking different. choice in that. It doesn't yeah. mean you're a bad person. You're just different, like we all are. Exactly. It's just different in a different way. Just, uh. Yeah. I mean, in to a point too, in the insulin shock therapy, there was some interesting, I'd say, interesting effects where they worked it around so that it would help in the mental clarity of psychopaths and schizophrenics which may have been true but it was temporary so the idea was to constantly keep doing this weird like roller coaster of chemical induction in the brain to like get them to sort of relax and i kind of get like if they're totally out of options I, I will play devil's advocate a little bit here and say like if you're desperate if you really are like a good doctor and you're like oh fuck i really want to cure these patients but i don't know how like, I kind of get where, like, you may want to resort to the shit that you know, which is still pretty, like, medieval at that point. But still, it's like, it, it didn't work. You've like, got interesting shit. I hear that, too, because you have the electroshock shit going on, too. But yeah. You're literally just fucking shocking people. Yeah. I mean, electroconvulsives came around in 1938. It was mm -hmm. literally, like, a few years after that. And there was, like, it's actually a current psychiatric treatment that still is used. But, but much more monitored. Much you're not just fucking control. pulling as many volts as you want. You're just... And that's the thing, like, back in the day when we're talking about, like, well, what, like, I don't see the problem. Like, it's controlled now. Like, I don't get, we have to remember, people, just random doctors with no training were just doing this. Yeah. Like, you would just strap a patient to a bed, and you would zap them to the point where you had a fucking seizure. They had no idea how many volts was too much. They just. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they would do it on people 
Like, we will talk a little bit later about, like, when you're talking to doctors who might have known, for, like, political people who, like, my wife's being a real bitch and she's going to talk about my affair. <laughs> Zap her until she's, a, like, basically, like, catatonic vegetable. And that did happen. Yeah, it did. A lot. And so that major thread was that they were starting to look into mental orders and treating mental disorders by looking at the brain first, rather than saying, like, oh, it's a part of the demon in your skull we've got to let out. <laughs> this is instead of America first, we're doing brain first now. Pretty much. Brain first. <laughs> so, I mean, we sort of jump forward a bit in the 1935 while this is going on, right in the middle of these sort of heroic therapy things, is that there was some previous research that had been done by early psychiatrists like Gottlieb Burkhart, Vladimir Bektorev, and Ludwig, I still don't know if this is how you pronounce it, Pusep. Pusep. P-U-U-S-E-P-P. Pusep? I don't know. Pusep? Maybe? I don't but, know. But um, a Portuguese neurologist called Antonio Igas Moniz. Ah, Igas Moniz is coming in here. Yeah, he's coming back again. He was looking at sort of some of this previous stuff. They had done psychosurgeries. This was not the first time. People had dabbled in it, but also, like, it had kind of shown, like, Maybe it works. Eh, it kind of doesn't. And then the next guy would pick on him and go, fuck that guy. I'm going to do it right this time. Fuck, it didn't work. Also, just as a side note, um, because we didn't mention it yet, but I think it's useful. Don't forget that uh, the idea of uh, um, you know, of the racial um, genetics and sciences being combined is happening right here. Oh, yeah. You, you have a lot of... Uh, you know, it wasn't just happening in Nazi Germany. Some people think that the Germans were the only people that were well, thinking that We invented that eugenics yeah. as a society. So eugenics is, is, is playing a large part in some of this stuff. You think about it, because they're thinking, okay, well, these people are of, like, a lesser, um, you know, extent of a person to their beliefs. They weren't killing them here, but we certainly weren't giving them mental care. The idea is just, you know, let's just put them to sleep so they can't hurt themselves or other people, essentially. Well, even so, like, when you're talking about, like, racial stuff, it was basically the use of, like, eugenics was just a way for, like, southern white supremacists and northern white supremacists to just justify their bullshit belief system of like well i'm not a i'm not a callous bigot see science tells me it's like well i'm just saying you can see the evidence in the procedures here oh yeah like, no. uh, what they're doing it you it's 100 influenced by eugenics oh absolutely because eugenics is coming around and like also this is 38 is literally when you've got the nazis in power and, and you know you could talk about you could tie this whole thing into also like experimental shit where like even the medicine we know now unfortunately, is a result of, like, the Nazis and the Japanese basically doing unethical treatments on people, and the Americans, basically every big yeah. society doing an unethical treatment on a person going, let's see what happens. <laughs> let's just check it out, Don't, man. you fucker. But, like, also, give like, a shot. that being <laughs> the case, we probably wouldn't have half of the fucking medical things that we know now, which is, like, that weird thing we have to all kind of deal with. True. So, anyway, so where, like, Moniz comes in as, like, a big mover and shaker into the idea of, like, psychosurgery, is it he was going to focus on the frontal lobe of the brain. Now, if you're not... Yes, the brain! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes! Yes, the brain! Oh, God. But, like, the, so what makes it important when we're talking about the frontal lobe is, like, Moni said, basically said, like... You put the frontal lobe in, you put the frontal lobe out. Well, they did. They took most of it out. <laughs> you um, take a couple holes and you shove them all out. Yeah, you do the lobotomy and you turn yourself around. That's what makes them dead. Good. I'm sorry. I, just... I want you to isolate that audio. <laughs> but um, so yeah, what what happened was like he's they're starting to look into the idea of different sections of the brain controlling different things, which is 
very modern considering that they well, basically and it's true that that is how it works that they just works. didn't it's, fully understand well, like I said, completely how that works and to be fair we still don't know that completely now because it's really complicated oh yeah yeah no we're still we're still discovering shit about our own brains and that's kind of what makes it fascinating is like mm-hmm. we're an extremely intelligent species but god we got some really dumb fuckers in our in our line of things um so what Moni's basically said was like okay the other options didn't really work what if I try the frontal lobe? Because now there is more studies coming up basically saying, oh, the frontal lobe is kind of like the the center of the brain. Which it is. It is. In a way. So if you like, like, so to kind of explain it, like what does the frontal lobe do? Basically, the frontal lobe is sort of like, in a weird way, the control center of the brain. Where well, It's where your decision making comes well, from. Well, it's your decision making, your social interactions, your intellectual capacities come from your emotion control your, stuff. your frontal yeah. lobe is kind of like the secretary of the brain it's out there routing the calls for the rest of the brain in Pretty a much. lot of ways it's the secretary of the brain in a large like large like entertainment firm and the rest of the brain is all the piece of shit executives that and then don't make any money, one of them's like, trying to much. fuck you even though they have a wife that's yeah, kind of his name is egas monies um <laughs> egas yes the brain it's so fucking weird i just <laughs> so what he basically did was in 1935 he actually did the first like what we'd call lobotomy it's called a leucotomy but i'm not going to get into leucotomy why. lobotomy yeah mashed potato mashed yeah. tomato same thing. Yeah, and so basically, he kind of had become intrigued about the surgery after he'd kind of a, kind of attended after he'd attended he a 19- kind of attended kind of he attended the nineteen thirty five International Congress in London. There's there's this one there that that showed the surgery to him, right? Yeah. So the guy that was he was there. He was watching the presentation, and a prominent neuroscientist called John Fulton basically talked about how he had done a similar operation between two chimpanzees, which were called Becky and Lucy. Oh, it's everybody, everybody get an aww moment. <laughs> and Cute. basically, anyway. Moniz took note that his, Fulton's operation had changed the chimpanzee's behavior from what a chimpanzee normally fucking does, which is be mostly pretty chill until it's not chill, and then you really gotta fucking watch yourself. And then Moniz was like, hey, great way to make some money, broski. But basically, <laughs> then he literally did, and I quote this, the, this is a direct quote from what had happened. <laughs> Was it the, after the operation? Because the two animals basically like threw fits, yeah. threw shit, you know, like any animal will do. Basically, she showed them this, and apparently they said the animals appeared to have been in a happiness cult. That that somehow was a good thing. That is a direct. Now keep cult. in mind, cult mentality <laughs> does not, not necessarily good. implicate free thinking and just feeling great about yourself. <laughs> not usually. In fact, most cases it doesn't. <laughs> no, most cases it means being very like systematic and programmed almost yeah. to just kind of go through your day. Which is yeah. not unlike many people who survived the bodies. And I say many people who survived because not all of them did. There are a lot of people too that survived and never knew that they had it. Yeah, and that's a really fucked up part. Yeah. Like when you're a kid and you're like, what the fuck? Like why is that why I am the way I am? <laughs> is that why I can't I can't piss without thinking about an ice pick? <laughs> so basically yeah, I mean and like I said, he watched that and he's like, oh shit, this actually might work. And, I mean, he was also just basing all of that on previous studies where people had come to the conclusion that mental disorders affected only specific parts of the brain. Again, partially right. Not totally there, though. Yeah, partially right, but not really. (laughs) Yeah, and and so basically what he was looking at was like, okay, we assumed as much that certain parts of the brain happen. We know that the frontal lobe is kind of the control center. So if you have issues with certain mental disorders, why not alter the control center to alter the brain chemistry to alter the mental In other words, why not switch your internet provider from Spectrum to TDS? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Not sponsored by TDS. (laughs) 
TDS faster Wi-Fi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! I'm gonna do this promo anyway. <laughs> I'm doing it for free. Actually, they don't yeah, even pay. That's it. why you end up smothered because Charter. Or, yeah, because Charter Spectrum... just going to cut off my internet. Where is this fucker doing this from? <laughs> God damn it, we'll find him! <laughs> Drive a truck through your fucking living room. Throw a brick through your window with, a like, a badly worded, like, <laughs> like service <laughs> provider agreement <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> ha! Ha! <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I mean, the, and he came to the conclusion, too, and a lot of other people had done that if you disconnected that section of the brain that was affected, then you'd kind of be peachy keen. Dumb. We'll find out why in a minute, but basically, there have been neurosurgeons that had ex- experimented in a theory before Moniz, like Walter Dandy. Walter! <laughs> Walter Dandy. Walter Dandy's corporate candy. That's right, my name's Walter Dandy. Come on down and have my pecan prolines. My candy Come on, shot one of my dandy doodles. <laughs> dandy doodles. That's right, I call it a dandy doodle, but I'm not going to give it to anybody else. <laughs> just you, little Timmy. <laughs> That's right, I found it in the river. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's my penis no, it is his penis it's literally his penis just on a stick a dandy um, doodle oh jeez <laughs> they're being tossy into my wagon here <laughs> but uh <laughs> it says candy on the side that's how you know you can trust it Tom get a free dandy doodle he kids. spelled candy with no A can I eat about 15 it's like candy can I eat about 15 you. minutes in between dandy doodles <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> and then when I'm done with you I'm gonna let you know that your parents can't tell you what happened you can't tell your parents what happened, no? No, you can't. Uh, Dandy do. Dandy do. You want a you want a swig of brandy? <laughs> old Put it on now. So he had actually done a, what was it, a lobectomy in oh, 1930. God. A lobectomy. Yeah, and according to the report made, the patient showed quote no apparent decrease in intellectual function and seemed at least to the casual. So, man, what the fuck is a lobectomy? Basically, where he kind of just cut a section of the lobe out to just try to cure the mental illness. It's kind of what it is. Well, it's not a lobotomy, though. It's a lobectomy. Not yet. See, that's the thing. It kind of goes by different names because it altered various little ways. And there's so many that so I'm not you're saying is the regular idea is it's still the same. Just something slightly different from what, what much, he performed yeah, yeah. it. Okay. And he'd say, well, so at least to the casual observer, totally normal. This was brought out to the conclusion that the frontal lobe didn't carry any intellectual importance, though. Just want to rest on that. Okay. We literally know that the frontal lobe does all of the basic human actions and behaviors that makes you a human being. Well, yeah, but you could argue these people weren't trying to achieve that. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they knew enough to know it was important, but not enough to know its basic in, like, specific functions. And so everybody kind of came off of that saying, like, oh, we just fucked with the lobe and nothing really bad happened. So, no, you know. So like Stop. Just because I can it's low time. Basically it's like saying I can, because I can fit the square peg in the round hole, it means that that will work all the time, that they're the same shape. Like it doesn't work like that. So it became logically obvious that you would have to quote, according to Manis, destroy the more or less fixed arrangements of a cellular connections that exist in the brain, particularly those which are related to the frontal lobes. Basically, just fuck up whatever area of the brain you're trying That's to... That's kind of, yeah, basically in a nutshell. And he subsequently was talking about removing these pathological brain circuits, creating this disorder, basically meaning that you would just dig in there and start cutting wires, effectively. Because <laughs> that's kind of what they believed, was that the brain was wired in a specific way. You cut those wires, that section of the brain no longer causes you problems, you can get on with your day. Even though, I mean, obviously there would be probably steps to going back into society. That was sort of their idea, was a short-sighted attempt at understanding it. And they did not. 
No. And Roni's asserted that such an injury like this could be easily adaptable over time, which in some cases it could have been, and in some cases it really fucking wasn't, because they uh, yes. into a goddamn vegetable. Or just like a, a zombie, basically. But we, we'll get to that. So, on uh, November 12th... Or like, Megan the Stallion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I said, or Megan the Stallion. Or Megan the Stallion. <laughs> wet ass pussy. She will crush you with her ass cheeks. Well done. You fucking with some wet ass pussy. <laughs> fucking wits. That's what she, like, the doctor's like, what's the prognosis? She just keeps talking about. Certified wet freak. <laughs> she just keeps. Seven talking. lobotomies a week. She just keeps saying it. We don't know what it means. Wet Igasmonas. Got that lobotic game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. You can listen to our new album on <laughs> SoundCloud rapping. It's called it's called uh, Lobotomies and Fun. <laughs> and Fun. So yeah, it, what basically happened was Moniz decided to take the next step, and then on November twelfth, nineteen thirty-five, he began his theory specifically by operating on patients that had come from the hospital Santa Marta in Lisbon. Lucky first patients, Portuguese. So lucky. Yeah. It was somewhat an ominous step because um, here's the weird thing about Moniz. He couldn't actually operate this, the procedure himself because his hands were crippled by gout. Yes, I love the brain, but I can't do it. <laughs> Literally, his fingers were just twisted and fucked. He had a partner in crime, right? He did. He absolutely did. Have a what is this gentleman's name? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he... Oh, well, on top of which, too, another ominous thing before we get to the guy's name. Moniz had no neurosurgery training. Yes, but he loves the brain. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, okay, you're not trained. Your fingers don't work. And so you have to have another dude do it. Yes, but I love the brain. Stop, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> I was patient, like, no, no, no. I'll stick with this fucking problem. So, yeah, uh, the procedure itself was carried out under Pedro Almeida Lima, who had worked with Moniz in the past. So he at least had some understanding of what Moniz was all about. The guy was an actual fucking neurosurgeon. Um, he's just like, yeah, yeah, okay, we're going to do this surgery. Mm-hmm. you sure you want to do this uh, surgery? And then... Uh, the brain! I love the brain! <laughs> <laughs> I love the brain! It's like, fucking, what are you doing? Jesus Christ. I love the wavelength on that. It's so good. Uh, yeah. It's just a pure block of blue. People either don't love this episode or fucking hate it. <laughs> I don't really care. It's all right. Hey, you come here to listen to a podcast. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Shut up and drive, drive, drive. If you hey. are driving, just keep driving. Just drive. <laughs> You drive it. Don't stop. Don't go home. Just go. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Please, hope you reach your destination safely. And Please Jake do. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that it could. Like, we always had to explain it to them. Like, we, we almost. It's a kind of insulting. We're like, the listeners are too stupid to know that we're being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I, I think they get it. Anyway. So, the main goal of this operation specifically was to remove what were quoted as long fibers connecting the frontal lobe and other centers of the brain to the patient. Or in the patient, rather basically stating that if you, again, cut the wires, that the brain would somehow revert itself. (laughs) Red wire and blue wire. Basically, too, they were like, we'll cut the section of the lobe that's affected, and then the brain will just sort of work around it, which it does. Like, in stroke patients... It does, but not in the way that they want. Well, here's the weird thing. So, like, in stroke patients, like, my father, he had a stroke patient, or he had a stroke when I was in college, and his brain has adapted to a point. But there's only so much that the brain can do when it comes to traumatic. But your dad's an OG, though, so he's still doing great. Well, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. But um, like there are still some things that he's lost. You're not getting back. That's just the right, way. Right, that is. is unfortunate, though. Yeah, it's kind of again. I, it's almost weird, like a computer, where it's like if you have like a hard crash and you lose your files, those files aren't coming back. It's kind of like <laughs> this is a bad metaphor, but like let's say you're running Windows 10 <laughs> and you have a, you update the Windows 11, like and you that. have a stroke. <laughs> 
you're gonna probably run in Windows Seven for the rest of your life. Or Windows Five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those weird shit ones that was only sold in Japan that nobody knows about. <laughs> so why the fuck is it Mandarin? <laughs> I don't have the user's manual. They don't make them anymore. So uh, yeah, the the achieving that particular objective of getting rid of those connections, you had to basically bore into the skull. This is called trepanning, by the way. We will do a thing about this if we haven't already. But basically, they trepanned into the skull by boring two or three holes into the skull after taking like the upper layer. I also, so it's trepidation, right? Trepidation. And yep. also, fun fact, when I, if there's anything that really gets my stomach churning is body horror shit, this is it. Messing with the brain is always like a weird thing in horror movies where like, let's just start jamming in there. What if I remember right, they go up through the nose, correctly? Um, like, not yet. Not, not specifically here. They just kind of take the top layer of scalp off and operate like a regular brain. So they just go ahead and just peel off your scalp, scalp just a little bit. That's kind and of And then they, they just go now. in and just get a little tink, tink, tink. Not, not yet. See, that's the thing. They got like a fucking instrument that literally bores a hole in your skull. Like, so it's like a drill. Pretty much, yeah. And then, and this is the this is the best one here, right here. They would basically get into the skull, and then the next step was to take ethanol and just inject it into what was called the subcortical white material of the prefrontal area. Basically, ethanol? Yeah. You basically would take ethanol alcohol, jam it in the brain, and basically just kill the cells in there to, to sever it. It's going to power your brain. Pretty much. It's the same idea as taking, like, gasoline. And do it, like, literally, you know what I was thinking about when I was thinking about this? I was thinking about, like, how, um, uh, oh, how Jeffrey Dahmer used to make fuck zombies. Oh, yeah. pouring acid yeah. in the brain. Like, it's the same idea. Like, they're alive, but there's no way of knowing what the fuck it's doing to them. Oh, brain. they're alive, but they're not alive. <laughs> yeah, they're alive, but they hardly consist of being a human being anymore. God damn. So, the operation was completed. Modi's considered it a success. The patient's observable symptoms appeared cured and stabilized, even though it was a success. Yes, how's your brain doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right right now. I, I can't. I don't know where I am, and I can't see, but it's cool. That is fantastic. Everything smells like corn. You're an inspiration. Yes, like the band corn. Oh, my. <laughs> what ended up happening, though, which was really, really weird, and I couldn't find any information about this patient or who they were, it was a success. The patient was fully cured. That patient never left that hospital. Ever. They died in that hospital. Yeah, their idea of a success is uh, one that we probably wouldn't agree is a success. If it's a success, the patient should be able to go home. <laughs> Just going to say that. So he was bolstered with confidence. It was a successful procedure. He Fuck yeah, bro. I love the brain. I love Something. the fact that Moniz with his gout crippled hand like the guy from fucking scary movies. Like, come here, feed you some mashed potatoes. Let me just, I'm a, oh, I got the coconut pie. <laughs> He's just sitting there chest bumping different people. Fuck yes, bro. That's I love the brain. He turns from a creepy guy to, from, I love the brain. To, I love the fucking brain. Bro. I love the brain, sir. I, I, love I will not chest bump you. <laughs> I will. I won't even give you a handshake. Sir, good job. I, I love the brain. No, I will. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Sir, he I will. smells like fish, but he's covered in a weird substance sir, that looks like Vaseline Sir, if you don't stop trying jam. to chest bump me, I'm going to give you lobotomy myself. He's just going to take a fucking ice pick and just jam it in the side of his head like a horror movie. I, that's my favorite part of this whole piece. Like, let's make this easier to do. That, oh, yeah, that's yeah. coming up and it's great. Oh, it's, absolutely. it's fucking fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, so the confidence was bolstered because he, Moniz is like, okay, it's worked. I mean, the patient's good, at least in his eyes it was, so he pushed forward. They replicated the procedure on seven other patients, but found that in order to elicit a favorable response, and here's where you really should say, success no longer works here. Yeah. Was it to get the seven patients 
to get the same response as the first one. They just kept injecting it into their brains. So, like, here's the thing. If one patient was a little bit more hardy and didn't react in the same way, they just kept doing it. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to go in for another lobotomy! <laughs> going in for another round, let's go! It's like, it's like doing a kegger stand with your friend who's obviously yeah. too fucked to stand, but you're like, fuck it, you're good. Do another one. I'm good. Do another one, back. Hey, shut up! You're not as bum. Like that. That's fucking just, stupid. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the method of operating was becoming less effective. Who would have fucking thought? Moniz began modifying... Operating in quotation marks. Yeah. So Heavy but, quotation marks. So, yeah, like midway through it, too, on those seven patients, he just, like, says, oh, fuck, this isn't working. Let's do something else. Like, just like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, man. So, basically, what he did was that he decided to modify the operation where he still bored into the skull, but instead of injecting the ethanol, which is, like, slightly less... Stupid, I guess I'm out. He had this little operation where he took a look, or what he called a lichotomy, which basically he separated the frontal lobe by taking a little instrument, which was basically I, the way I would describe it was like it was a long metal sort of like rod with a little loop at the end. And he basically got in there with like through the hole, hole in the skull and he just starts separating shit. So like loop it around the segment of the brain and he'll just separate. And do that six times. And he calls them lesions, which is also a bad thing. He would do it into both the right and the front, or the right and the left frontal lobe. Which is like, now you're just beating around it with a hammer to see if that works. I'm not saying much right here because this part's so, really disgusting. It's, it's, well, like oh, I said. God. So, specifically, to try to get an understanding of those patients, too, the results were like this. Of the... Uh, oh, sorry. I, I... What did I say? 14? No, <laughs> I'm a dumbass. Seven! Well, those first seven he did with the, the acid, but then he continued to work with another set of patients on this. Was that there were twelve female and eight male? Okay, patients so twenty. Nice. Sorry, I didn't I didn't indicate that as good. The, the lesions here, when he realized that the ethanol project wasn't working, those those first group he did, and then he did something else with this other one. He recorded the following: so there were twelve female and eight male patients. Of the patients admitted, nine were suffering from some form of depression because that was kind of broad scale. They were just like sad. Um, six were suffering from schizophrenia, two of them from panic disorders, and one each from mania, catatonia, and manic depression, which catatonia basically meant like you would just fall asleep in the middle of the day. And, and like, so, yeah, it's all stuff that was, like, pretty obvious, but also really general. It's like, you couldn't really specifically tell what was going on. So post-op observations were recorded complications in each patient, which is not surprising. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Complications were wide-ranging, but were described as, quote, increased temperature, vomiting, bladder and bowel incontinence, which is always good, diarrhea, ptosis, which is actually, this is a really weird one, drooping or falling of the upper eyelid. <laughs> this is shit that happened after. You can't control your eyelids. Yeah, no, basically you just had, like, you basically had, like, a sort of, Oh, what would you... Uh, it's like a faulty garage door. Pretty much. <laughs> you just can't control you know what it's like, going up or down. I'm not trying to make fun of a video. You know what it looks like? I've seen pictures. What's you that? look like an animatronic at Chuck E. Cheese where the robotics have fucked up and the eyelid won't <laughs> oh, open. Oh, no. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Or something which... And this is my favorite one. <laughs> Nystagmus, which is an involuntary <laughs> eye movement. I have that. You do. What's up? Shut up. This was created in them. <laughs> you were born with it. I would never wish it on anybody. Yeah, no, it was, it was, like, it was awful. Like a, just very like rapid eye movement that was really not descriptive to any area. Lethargy. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, apathy, which is always good, which basically meant you were entirely void of feelings. Echinacea, good way to create a serial killer. Yeah. Echinacea, which was decreased body movement, which basically was like you had to move the patient. Like the patient was just fucking... 
Like, they didn't move on their own. But a lot of, like, manic depressive and schizophrenics, or bipolar, depending, too, you have a lot of twitchy seizure sort of situations. Like, that was just them being, like, still. And to them, that was, like, visually, like, oh, that's good. That's real nice. Like, well, they're not seizing anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Lethargy was there, too. Time or location disorientation. This is a good one. They developed kleptomania in some of the <laughs> patients. Jesus. How do you do that? How do you introduce another mental disorder in the one you're trying to cure? <laughs> it's just, wow. And abnormal sensations of hunger, which is almost kind of like creating a fucking horror movie like Madman. <laughs> it's like, you know, he just starts wanting to eat people. <clears throat> and that was all in that. So you mean Soylent Green? <clears throat> Pretty much. No, no, not really that, but like, I, so I, like I, but we fucked with the brain and now he only eats people. Like, I'm like it's just a craving. Crab people. Crab, crab people. people. Look like crab, but talk like people. <laughs> anyway, see, he asserted the effects were temporary. Naturally, Moniz would say that because Moniz was like, no, it worked, it worked, shut up. I still love the brain! According to his assessment, about 35% or seven cases overall had improved significantly. Another 35% had improved slightly in the remaining 30, which were the six cases. There was two seven sections of seven cases that had improved significantly or somewhat. And then oh, the last six cases were no change, but there were no deaths and no patient deterioration. So this motherfucker couldn't even say any of them failed. All of them were some sort of success or there wasn't any change. Basically, he was like this. He's like, Meh. Like, is there a reason they why now he's got They don't seem worse. Is there a reason that now the patient is currently trying to steal every shiny object in the hospital? Fuck, if I know. Like, it's like that. <laughs> can't be, can't be possible I that can't I just possibly be went in with a fucking drill and just started drilling in his brain and it's fine. He's like, I can't possibly be held responsible for this. The brain is a magical place. <laughs> Guy's like, God, what? Yeah, okay, makes sense. You fucking spellbinder. Yeah, but basically, it's like, you fucking wizard. But yeah, I mean, no deterioration. You're a so, wizard, he guess. So in the in the mentality that they had, they're like, well, it fucking works, I guess. You think Pedro was just like, you're a wizard, he guess. He's just like, I'm a what? <laughs> He's over there in a big-ass wizard's hat wearing no pants. He's like, we're going to go into the brain again. I love the brain. <laughs> they're just like, I am living in the most insane mental hospital ever conceived. <laughs> But, I mean, here's the thing, though. Moniz had made that big step forward by kind of getting into an actual surgery rather than just fucking around with chemicals in the brain and seeing if it worked. Yeah, okay, but actual surgery is a little bit of an interesting term for this procedure. I say that because I don't know what else to call this other than fucking around to see what happens. It's pretty much what it is. We'll so call, call, we it, call it surgery, I guess. It's a yeah, procedure. Yeah, I guess. Like, so the next step was to basically set it out into the medical world and whether the reception... Initial responses to his methods and justifications were hostile, unsurprisingly. Oh, really? Not a big fucking surprise. Oh, really? A lot of uh, physicians also attempting at reporting degraded patient personalities, which is also a bad thing. Your patient should not become a fucking walking robot after you've done that. It should not create that and that be like, good enough for me. Good enough for me, bro. <laughs> All right, good, bro. Lucy's not bitching. Let's go back well, to pounding brewskis. Why well, hasn't someone made a movie about how this happened? Because I really think it would actually be worth it. Oh, I think there has, probably. Like, no, it's be like, well, will you talk about, like, a one flew over the cuckoo's nest? In a way. In a way, but it's not but entirely about I mean, like, specifically about, about lipotomies. Oh, yeah, no, about specifically how... about it, yeah. Like a, like a historical thing. Like, Tom Hanks should just be like, wow, there's a lot of... There's a lot of lobotomies going on. You Whoa, could, you could, no! You cast, like, Tom Cruise's Egas Monas. No, your Tom Cruise would just be the dude that they're putting the lobotomy in. <laughs> He's just jumping on the couch. We don't have to fucking deal with him. Tom, Tom, you gotta calm down. Tom. I gotta beat the people who don't believe! <laughs> anyway. Shun the non-believers. Shun the non-believers. Like, from that, from the, from that one video. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, so what's really weird, I, I kind of included this, was there was a Parisian psychiatrist called Paul Courbon. Courbon? He, he went as far as to say that Moniz's method was, quote, solely supported by theoretical considerations rather than clinical Oh, no shit! <laughs> I feel like everything here was condensed down to, well... He's taking it at hearsay. And every other physician's like, no fucking shit! We shouldn't be doing it! It's not the only, it's not the best. We don't I know feel what like the do. medical community just didn't shut him enough. No, it's they like, didn't. Uh, I don't know about his process. Well, here's the thing. Like, regardless of that initial reception, Moniz picked up speed. It, no, Moniz is method. Jesus Christ. Whew. <laughs> I got a little too I got a little too <laughs> triggered there. Moniz's method picked up speed in Brazil, Cuba, Italy, and Romania, which does kind of make sense because those are all very much de- I would say not developing countries, especially Italy, but Brazil, Cuba, and Romania kind of were. They were not the periphery of big countries. We're not talking United States or Russia or England or Germany or France. I mean, Italy itself is sort of a big country too, but it's kind of to the periphery. So I can kind of it's the only method that works, and it's like ah fuck it, we'll just do it. Like, you don't really, like, the, there's not a lot of oversight. Let's just say that much. Okay, I see where you're going with it. Okay. So, now we start to move to what I call brain damage, American style. <laughs> That's the diners, drive-ins, and dives of mental surgery. <laughs> hey, out of bounds! He's just jamming a nice pick a new patient. This is not a bounds! <laughs> we can't not listen to him. His tips are so frosted. <laughs> you guys know that just screaming, I love brains! <laughs> just covered in blood. It's like, just Jesus Brains! Christ. Is this way? Okay, are we getting ice picks now? We are, yeah. <laughs> oh, so one, one such clinician to receive Moniz's method was on the leucotomy specifically was an American neurologist called Walter Friedman. Oh, fuck this guy. Associated with... Or, uh, aided by James W. Watts as well. What? What? <laughs> Freeman had, prior to meeting Moniz in 1935, been this researching... This is like the Sherlock Holmes and Watson here. Pretty much, yeah. Except, like, for every picture I've ever seen of Freeman when he's doing this, he just looks like he's wearing a tank top. Or, like, a wife beater shirt. Oh, like, this is he the... looks like he's wearing, a, like, a sleeve shirt that he's so, torn the sleeves so off So what you're of. saying is this is the real bro of the no, lipotomy. Yeah, he looks like the Hulk Hogan of fucking mental surgery. He's taking the lab coat and he's ripped the arms. I go, all right, brother, we're going to get the mental illness out. Like, Let's fucking do this lipotomy, bro. fucking bump the mic with my shoulder. Fucking hell yeah, bro. Let's do this. You hear that? That's the sound of America. That's the sound of America coming at you. Oh, Jesus. You hear that, Saddam? He's like, who's Saddam? <laughs> Do you hear Jesus. that mental illness? Get out! Get out! Oh, no, no. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about my daughter's sex tape or my sex tape. What? Or my Get wife's sex tape. What? What? Anyway, um... No, you can't say what. You can say what? <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> so Freeman had started his sort of ideas of dealing with mental illness by looking into organic causes to insanity which is kind of weird because that almost makes sort of sense in a weird way it didn't describe what organic causes meant what all the of sources that i've read it. all of the sources i've read including some of his own research work was kind of like eh you know like i don't know if he meant it organic it just kind of like, happens bro i don't know if he means organic as in like it's within the human brain or if he's talking about the organic as in like the power within like that the power within. Or if he's talking about like, oh shit, you got too much yellow stuff in your diet. It's making you look like you're seeing demons crawling out of your skin. On their demons. On their gods. How did we get to that? I what don't the fuck? Know. I just bring the cranberries in whenever I can. You're bringing the cranberries. We'll probably Happy owe Thanksgiving, them. everybody. We'll owe them quite a lot in terms of royalties. So, but after meeting... So... Oh, Jesus. Um... What he done was that... I'm just like, I'm trying to not like laugh at that, but I'm trying to hold it up. 
So in thirty-five, he met Moniz, or Freeman met Moniz, and was all aboard on lobotomies after that. I just imagine the totally one over. Just imagine the being Moniz is just like I love brains, and then Freeman's you too. Freeman's like fucking yeah, bro. I fucking love brains too, Hobie. What you got for me, bro? All of a sudden, they just like mid-air high-five, like a couple of like muscular dudes. And their dicks touch, and then from that point, (laughs) and then Walter Freeman knows. And then they were writing letters to each other, no, no, like dead ass, unrequited love letters. Basically, it was almost like, like I really am interested. Send me your research. So, and I kind of have a thing for you. It's just like come to America, Monas. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Freeman started working with Watts on Moniz's original plan that he had received through some reports and some study stuff that had been sent to him in '37, and he had titled it the Freeman Watts Technique, which is too smooth for what this is. The Freeman Watts. Yeah. Get yourself a Freeman Watts technique. <laughs> so initially, the Freeman Watts method still required drilling a hole in the patient's skull and operating it through that way, which is so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing has changed. You've just taken it, rebranded it. Okay. But let's be clear: what this eventually becomes is it's so an, much worse. Is an effort to try to make this just be doable anywhere, uh, not yeah. even in a fucking like surgery, like surgical setting. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna, in a fucking mental ho- or me, mental place. Yeah, just, I was gonna say we're just we're just gonna set the stage right now. The way that this goes from here was it was like this was supposed to be done only by trained neurosurgeons in facilities that could handle such things to the point where he was like. How can I franchise this like McDonald's? This is the equivalent of doing your own research on economics, but like... And coming to completely cracker-ass conclusions that are wrong and then saying you're right. Like, that sort of thing. It's like, no, I'm right. There's elves that are also Jews that run the banks. It's like, no, you JFK Jr. is coming back equivalent of This uh, is the version of QAnon standing in Daily Plaza in Dallas waiting for a man who died in a plane crash almost 20 years ago. Like, go fuck yours. No, even that. Like, almost 35 now. Like, go fuck yourself. It's stupid. And you're stupid for thinking that. If you if you have a... By the way, and I mean this in all sincerity, if you have a family member that's fallen down that hole, talk to somebody to get them out. <laughs> well, and remember that it's not going to be easy. It's not easy. Not no, this is all. a cult. This is a cult. I'm just afraid of how it's going to end. Oh, it's not going to be good. I it's can already great. tell you from experience. Yeah, you're going to have a good. lot of broken people. Um. So, the problem with this is that most mental hospitals, as we already said, could not accommodate that. They did not have operating theaters. Most of their staff... The theater? Most of the... Well, Sir, let's go down to the theater and watch this man's head slip Everybody's open. fucking wearing Shakespearean <laughs> shit while they're working on this dude's brain. Like, I don't know. How the fuck... Like, in my mind, I half assume that, like, all of the doctors who were doing this back in the day were, like, a bunch of old Polish dudes that, like... I And I can make this joke because I have a lot of Polish family members... Who, like, when a car would break down in the driveway, and we all know it's the alternator, there was just a hundred neighbors, like, no, no, I tell you what it is, that light there, don't turn on, we're gonna take the lights out. I thought that's gonna fix the problem. No, the carburetor's broken. What if I took the steering wheel off? Like, it's just a bunch of I think of the dudes. opposite. I like to imagine it just being, like, them doing Romeo and Juliet, but, like, also operating. So it's just like, Romeo, Romeo, we're out of that frontal lobe. Oh, shit, I slipped. And it's just like, oh, now he can't count. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, guys, well, I'm sorry. This is the this is our dress rehearsal. Um, this guy did fucked. not go as planned. This guy is fucked. Did not go as planned. He Come now, back tonight. He keeps drooling. Come back tonight, and we're gonna try it again. Try it again. What if he was doing it as a real Romeo Juliet? And I also hate Shakespeare because it's dry. But um, we're just doing it, and he's like, "Where art thou, Romeo? Then seeing thy great light, they come through." Oh fuck! I slipped and I dropped it in there. Oh shit! 
Anyway, pull the sheet over the guy uh, and just wheel him out. God, this never happens. Well, he's not a person anyway. So, so God damn it, you. He is. Fucking shut up. Fucking stop, man. God damn. Anyway, so what basically happened was Freeman looked at it and said, what if I make this? Like I said, what if it's like literally franchising this operation, <laughs> by the way? Because it's literally like, what if it was like McDonald's where you could just do it anywhere? You don't have to be a restaurant to make hamburgers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Listen, you don't. Wait, wait a second. You don't have to be a physician or a surgeon to plunge something into this person's brain. This is like, I I mean, there are people that do this. Like now they're like, I don't need to be a physician. I believe in crystals. And then that person fucking drinks like mercury. And then I'm surprised that they have died in hospital. What I do is I recycle my piss and I drink that on a daily basis. We've also talked about that. And it's, people still do that. And bloodletting where, and now it's somehow picked up a like real life vampire following. (sighs) Just, oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, the idea would be that you could just send it to any hospital. I mean, and that was kind of like almost like sort of the whole point was like, well, the hospitals are way overcrowded. So what if we just had this one size fits all operation of creating a situation where all of these fucking patients could just be cured and we could just let out the ones that we know can survive and use like work in society and the rest of them would just fucking stay there forever. So yeah, it, so on a whim. Freeman tested this new theory he had, apparently just he came up with, where in 45, he's at home, and he just decides to just yank it off. Bruh, you know, be fucking dope, bruh. I know, this is like a a stoner's thought of things you don't do. Like, bruh, what if, he's like just toking a bowl. Bruh, you know what I fucking use for shit sometimes? (laughs) Fucking ice picks, bro. Ice picks pointing as fuck, bro. Dude, what if, ah. What if I just went through someone's fucking nostril, bro? I like, get to the I'm brain just saying, thing. Like, here's the problem. Like, when you do this, never start a sentence when it comes to a new medical thing by going, <laughs> he's at home and he went into the drawer and found an implant. Like, that's like the same as like saying, I've got a fucking cheese grater that'll cure your skin disease. It's like, no. Incorrect. What if, what if we just create off the disease? Oh, that's gross. Fuck. Just fucking, just get in there, bro. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of Parmesan. <laughs> Parmesan? Parmesan? That's so gross. So he, so the the story is this: he took an ice pick from the drawer in his kitchen, and he just decided to perform a mock operation on a grapefruit that he had. <laughs> Great start, fantastic. <laughs> that's, start. that's a good substitute. Fantastic start. <laughs> no, no better substitute. And then he for moved a fucking to... human's brain slash skull than a goddamn grapefruit. And then he went on to just fucking with cadavers to see if it worked like that which i guess is slightly more scientifically sound than using a goddamn citrus fruit <laughs> I mean, i'm just so upset and with this my friend he coined the corporation the corporation the corporation he coined the co- he coined that corporation ah uh-huh, the cock <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> yeah. he- what he coined now we really fucked that up he coined the operation the transorbital lobotomy Otherwise known as the ice pick lobotomy. The pokey poke. You put the poke poke in, you put the poke poke out, you poke it in in, and you take the brain out. You do the poke lobotomy and turn yourself around. That's when the person's done. Hey! <laughs> You're really stuck on the hokey pokey tonight. I, <laughs> just, I don't know why. Uh, it's so fucking stupid. It just makes me so upset. I feel like I just denigrate to like stupid childhood bullshit to keep myself afloat here. Yeah, pretty much. So, this is a that is just a supremely stupid way of testing a hypothesis. If you didn't catch that part, but Freeman's method, oh really? Yeah, I couldn't tell. But Freeman's method became the main way of quote unquote curing patients across the U.S. 
and in Europe, but I, we're going to focus mostly on the U.S. here, okay? Well, because the thought process is you don't need a surgery room to do this now. You can no. do this with a fucking ice pick, which pretty much everybody had. Everybody can do it! Anybody can fucking stick an ice pick up someone's fucking nose and do a couple twists. Like, that's not hard to do, so, Would you you'd know? be upset if I told you it wasn't the nose they stuck it in? What was it? Well, let me tell you. So, in a nutshell, Freeman's transorbital lobotomy did not require fancy operating rooms or training like some fucking cuck. You know, any man, any like, pioneer! Any, any strong American man of the night. Strong American pioneer! Return to the Frogs game! These people were pioneers. Jeep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jeep Grand Cherokees. It's a Wagoneer now, sir. Literally, these people all were Jeep Grand Cherokees. They were just living cars. Uh, but it's that was stupid. That was by Chief Wahoo. No, I'm just Jesus. <laughs> Lead us forward, racist stereotype of baseball. <laughs> or the Redskins, which that football team was aggressively like, No! We will not change this racist stereotype! Absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck you! It's like a dad who just can't get over the fact that not every person that's brown is an sorry, illegal immigrant. I'm sorry, Brad. Your son's just really fucking bad at baseball. That's true. Um, so, it, it basically could, like Lucas said, be carried out by anywhere by anyone, which is both kind of, like, would be a great thing if it wasn't so fucking stupid. If you weren't shoving a fucking ice pick into someone's brain, maybe. you've done even, like, an ounce of actual operating knowledge here. But typically, Freeman's approach to access the frontal lobe was by entering the fucking eye socket. So, to give you an idea, he would, and I shit you not, would go under the eye socket above the eye, would get it up against, like, the thin layer of bone there, just behind the eye. Mm -hmm. Just take a mallet and whack that fucker. Just get it in there. Uh. And, and I've heard, there are videos that I will not make, I, oh, oh, man. I watched a couple films that they made, and they added the sound. And it's like a, like a pop. Uh. It's not great. Oh, God damn So it. when they would get it in there, he would use that mallet, he would hammer it in and through that thin layer of bone, or the, the object itself would later be called an orbitoclast rather than an ice pick because, oh. you know, you had to have some functionality. It's still just an ice Scientific pick. realism. It's still just an ice pick. It's a fucking ice pick, yeah. But basically oh. what, what he did then was once it's into the brain and the point that you need it to, the instrument would be hammered up into the frontal lobe. And at this point, the... Object, this little instrument would be or would be rotated 40 degrees whichever direction it needed to so that the tip would cut towards the patient's nose. In a circle, basically. Just kind of you know, like that. And then, basically, they would reset it, hammer deeper, and then pivot it towards the outside of the patient, towards the ear, basically, before being repeated on the other lobe. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, you're operating with blinders. Let's just call it that. I don't have words for this. Like, I'm just fucking genuinely disgusted right now. No, it's bad. And it's... I'm just thinking about what that would feel like, and it makes me want to faint, so I'm just going to keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so Freeman's first proper opportunity to actually do this came in 1946, and afterwards, he just started franchising this to every fucking hospital he could get. Well, you know what was fucking dope? Oh, dude, I shoved that ice pick so far up the dude's brain, and I just fucking twisted, bro. It was the sickest thing I've ever fucking done. Bro, that is the sickest thing I've ever fucking heard. Let's get this guy. Let's do it right now. 
Let's do it right now. We're here at lobotomy number five of the day. <laughs> this is the top of the fifth lobotomy, and they fucked it up again. Oh, and he just, that one's just a bit outside. That one's now can't open his eyeballs ever. That one's eye just came out of its socket, and we'll be back right after the break. It's you know what's a actually the worst poor thing? turn of events for this young fennel. You know what's actually really bad about this, too, is if, you, if they did the, uh, the operation, most patients would wake up with two black eyes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised. What do you think? The... <laughs> Try not to scream. That's fine. Try not Hold to. it in, and then you can do it at the end. So afterwards, he franchised the method. James Watts decided he what? would have... What? Yeah. <laughs> James Watts decided now to grow a fucking conscience, had a reservation, and decided he was no longer going to work with this man. Because <laughs> he started making this a widespread thing, and Watts was like, I don't really like that. And well, there really like, wasn't a need for him anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a surgery anymore. It's so much as it's just shoving something until you hear it flack and then tur turning it. Yeah, just so fucking around with it a couple times until it worked, you know? And, and so, basically, Freeman's method, it's awful, yes, but it was not... It couldn't be denied that it was intriguing on its apparent ease of use, because obviously that was the whole point. Right, it's the idea. Of Americans love shortcuts. Well, it's like an infomercial thing, right? It's like it's just one simple step. You can do this, and it's like, hi, Billy Mays here for, for ice pick lobotomies. All it takes is a couple boom, boom, and you're in. Just a couple simple turns, and you picked picked a good and lobotomy. And the stains are gone. And you've done a lobotomy for just the three simple payments of nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling. Plus shipping and handling. Please call now. <laughs> Hi, this is the other. This is one other duty. This is uh whatever the hell that one guy is for sham. Uh, wow, here for lobotomy. Wow. Oh, uh, what's his name? Ah, uh, that guy got arrested. He hit a hooker and he stored. I think he bit her too. Yeah, he bit a hooker. Oh God. Yeah, he's not a great dude. No. So uh, Vince, yeah. it was Vince here for sham. Oh, wow. Vince, yeah. Oh God. Yo, no slap chop. Get that. Get the fork out of here. Ah, uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, I such a piece of shit. Um, I think he died. <laughs> I don't even know. I anyway. just... Uh. So, I mean, com for comparison between 1940 and 44, before Freeman had come up with this, the number of lobotomies performed specifically was around 684. That's pretty low considering it was literally full... What? A year? Or like uh, I really didn't say. It depended, okay. I guess, on... But overall, it was 684. Okay. By 1949, specifically after he had come up with this method and had started selling it to other hospitals, the number of lobotomies jumped to 5,000... 74. That is up by about 13%. Uh, that's, uh, wow. And by 1951, here's the kicker, 18,000 were just lobotomizing people. Mm. Like, you can start to see, like, in a graph, it was like slow, 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 boom! Kind of a thing, and then boom again. Yikes. <laughs> because by 1951, you started, as we already talked about, you're starting to see a sort of latent thing, too, with, like, the 50s was, like, an awful time period when it came down to anything other than maybe music. Maybe. Or, and it was like, it could be like, you were lobotomizing black people because of that. You were taking women and lobotomizing them because they were on their, like, fucking, like, <laughs> menstrual cycle. Or they were in, um, like, oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm awful at this right now. What, what is, um... They had too many opinions. Pretty much. Or if a woman was uppity. Or if you wanted to silence them. That was also probably something they did. But we never will know about it because the system was horribly fucking corrupt. And the most patient records ended up uh, getting destroyed. Because, you know, destroying records of things isn't a good thing. What's the problem with that? The Nazis in 1945. Oh, this is so fucking frustrating. It is very frustrating. 
But I mean, the thing is, this. I mean, he... also we gotta hurry up here for trying to buy liquor. I think they close at eight thirty, so we gotta. Well, thank you for putting that on the podcast. <laughs> I need to buy liquor. It's important. That's true. I need to buy liquor to drink this away. Just kidding. Yeah, that's like, not. I, why, I, that's I, not we... why I'm doing it. Yeah. But... So I mean, it, we made it big. I mean, he did make it big, and by prevalence, I mean the duration of the lobotomy's use in the U.S. Approximately around forty thousand people received that treatment for varying reasons. So it wasn't even like you were schizophrenic and you were violent. It was just like. Uh, he's got a, she's got a shaky problem. Just stick it in his brain and see if that does anything. A couple lack lacks there and a couple rotations. That ought to really turn it around. I wonder why he doesn't want to stand up anymore. But, uh, like, in Great Britain, too, like, the total of, like, 17,000 lobotomies were being performed there. Mm. You had hospitals in Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. The combined number of lobotomies totaled uh, just around 9,300. Um, but in a lot of cases, too, that was being done on, I th- think, women specifically. I, I might have to double-check my notes. Um, lobotomies, too, in Japan totaled around 2,000. But now that you're like, well, well, that seems lower. Why is that? Well, remember, these are also smaller countries. Yes. So by range, that could, like, the equivalency of it could be higher or about the same as America, but, you know, you just have less people. A lot of those were being performed on children exhibiting behavioral disorders. Again, not surprised, just fucking, ah. Uh. What's actually crazy about that, too, is it became such a national outrage in Japan that these were, there were full-fledged riots that... We're regarding that, like, the 70s and the 60s. Well, at least Japan decided it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Here's the weird thing, too. The USSR specifically, and here's just to show you how fucked up this is. <clears throat> USSR record on lobotomies is currently unknown for reasons that we don't have to explain because it's the USSR. Yep. But they 